Today, Jack, the show is all about you. You're in full control. Go. First of all, hello to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Let's talk to Jack Duffin. Let's bring in Jack Duffin. In our Westminster studio is Jack Duffin. Good morning, Cleveland. I, I didn't butcher it today like the last podcast, and uh, Paul uh, sent one mocking it, so uh, it was good fun. Um, and I, I'm ro- rolling without two of the normal guests that are going out on a blinder. We've sort of thrown the normal schedule out the window. I said I was coming to you Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We've got a bonus show on a Thursday, and that's because we're chatting about the number one priority for the Browns this offseason, extending Nick Chubb. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it sort of came about um, to sort of explain why the the sort of prom king and prom queen of Brown's Twitter, um, you've got Tony Grossi, the prom king. The prom queen is no doubt Mary Kay. Um, she wrote a piece talking about incentive-laden deal and how if they did it, this is how it'd be done. And it was basically nonsense. So I thought, hey, it's time for me to write something on the Nick Chubb extension. And I, I reached out to my, um, my good friend at the Dogland podcast and website jack mccurry so i wrote an article for them that will be up uh, probably as you listen to this so jump over to the dockland but i wanted to get him on to chat about it as well so jack how are you doing doing well uh it's kind of weird uh usually i'm the host and you're you're joining me so uh thank you for having me on the pod man no, it's, it's good to have you on and uh it's it's an interesting discussion and from the start let's just get it straight away you guys know my feelings on extending Nick Chubb. This isn't going to be a, should we, should we not? We'll touch on that a little bit at the end. This is very much, if you're going to extend him, what's the cost? What's it going to look like? And just have that discussion because at the end of the day, even though I don't want it to happen, it could happen. And let's see the numbers. Well, where does it sit in the market? Because it's all about being smart. And it, it might inform a lot of fans and they go, actually, Maybe that changes my position on do you extend him, do you not? Um, so, no, we're just going to fire through the article piece by piece, but go and uh, read it, dogland.com or just dog.land, and that'll take you straight there. Super easy. Can't uh, get that one wrong. The first part, we're just going to start straight in there. It's got to be this off-season. It's this off-season or it's no deal. So if, if, if we get through this season and it hasn't been done, Sorry, guys, it's never going to happen. Don't, don't be counting your, crossing your fingers it's going to be next season. The reason for that is, is if they do it this offseason, you've got year three, sorry, year four, you've got first year, second year of new deal. They can split some guaranteed money over that. Makes it really, really nice and easy to then cut. And we're going to go through this in sort of as we get to the other deals in the market. All of these running backs sign two-year deals with option years. That's effectively how all of these deals are done. Every single one of them, Christian McCaffrey to the lot, they're two-year deals with some option years, et cetera, some guff on the back. But they're two-year deals. So if you waited until next year, you're probably pushing more of that guaranteed money into that third year of the new deal. And you don't want that. You want it in the front too. So um, yeah, we're, we're all on the same paycheck. It's, it's, it's this year or bust. Yeah, definitely. I think like if they don't get it done, I think it's safe to say that Nick Chubb will probably play be playing for somebody else in the 2022 season. Um, you know, 
like we've talked about on my podcast, it's going to be interesting to see how the team prioritizes him among other players that are going to get uh, potential extensions this offseason. Um, I mean, Chubb is, I mean, it's debatable how viable he is to the Cleveland Browns, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, this is one of these things where like the fans, even though the fans really should have no say in this, like, People are going to be mad or people are going to be really happy whether he signs a new deal or has to end up walking. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be intriguing, but it has to get done, I think, before training camp. If it doesn't happen by training camp, I don't think it happens at all. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd say as far as week one, I think you can go all the way out there to week one. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting one to watch. Um, and, yeah, Nick Chubb's up there with <laughs> my favorite Browns players. Um, he's the model professional um and and there's not many of them have you ever seen him get a flag on the field for doing something silly no um for however much people bang on about Jarvis Landry as the leader he does have moments where he loses his call on the field gets taunting stuff stuff like that if you're looking for a guy in the dressing room that is your model professional gets his head down works and exactly what you want from a player it's him um, you've obviously got some more in there. You've got your Batonios. You, you've got some other players. He's not the only one, but um, he, he is peak, perfect sort of student of the game. Oh, without a doubt. I think the prime example was the, was it the Eagles game? It was either the Eagles or the Texans. I forget which one. It was inside two minutes. The Browns had the lead and he takes off for like a 60 yard run and looks like he's walking into the end zone and he goes out of bounds at the two yard line. That just shows you how much, of you know he's all business and he's not a guy that's going to try to run up the score and showboat and say hey like I need to get another touchdown to you know pad my stats like Chubb's all about winning and you know that's like what we need we need guys that you know are just going to go out there work hard and try to win and they're in it for the team and not for himself so I think that's like one of the greatest things about Nick Chubb is his leadership and you know how he's all business he goes out there and just puts in the work and uh, I mean, that's just what he is. And that's why I think fans love him so much more because he exemplifies what Cleveland is as a blue collar, hardworking town. And he's like one of the prime examples of that. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And the, the next part we get onto is be first. Um, we spoke about it when we discussed Baker Mayfield contracts extension sort of a couple of weeks ago. Um, but just to throw some names out there of sort of why it's important to be first golf, was signed just after Carson Wentz, got an extra one and a half million a year. Bosa, just after Garrett, got an extra two million a year. Marlon Humphreys, just after Tredavious White, 2.25 million a year extra. Um, there's not actually that much between any of those players. Yeah, you can argue Garrett, Bosa, it's close. Goff, um, Wentz is close, but it, it, they're within sort of 95% of each other either way. You're um, if you had either player, you're not really upset that you didn't get the other one. Um, so it's one that that's a lot of money difference for deals that are sometimes signed two, three days later. So um, it's really important to be first. We're quite lucky, actually, whereas there's much more competition in the quarterback market for Baker. There's not actually that much in the running back market this year. You've got one early extension that could come is Saquon Barkley, who's obviously in the same draft class. Even though there was quite a few first-round running backs um, in that class, no one else other than Barkley really has the sort of talent level and sort of production where they could be talking about a, a big deal. 
um, Sony Michelle, Penny. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not been good. Um, Geis is not even in the league anymore. Um, and then the other one in free agency, and there's just one in free agency. Sorry, Chris Carson. Uh, I love you in fantasy, but you're not in the same class. It's Aaron Jones, um, who I, I think deserves to be discussed in that class. He's, he's had a good time. Um, he's, his contract, even though it might not be within Green Bay, might be a really, really interesting case study for what happens for one of these guys that goes out, has produced well, then hits free agency. And what's that deal look like with another team? Um, and, that, and that could be something really interesting to note because uh, Gordon had it, but Gordon was coming off sort of injury and sort of camp hold out. Whereas um, he, he's had a lot cleaner running Aaron Jones. Yeah. I mean, the only other free agent example that you could make would be Le'Veon Bell who made, got a big contract from the jets after he sat out an entire year uh, holding out with Pittsburgh. But yeah, I mean, when you look at Saquon and this is going to be interesting because he's coming off an ACL injury, are the giants going to give him a contract extension or are they going to wait to see, Hey, we'll pick up your fifth year option at least, but we want to see what you're going to do post ACL because you've seen running backs kind of lose a little step after suffering a serious knee injury like that. Um, So Barkley would be the one to watch for sure. But I feel like if I'm the Giants, and I feel like the Giants will actually do this, but who knows with Dave Gettleman, that they hold off and wait on a Barkley extension. Yeah, Dave Gettleman's going to save up that money from a Barkley extension and pay a defensive tackle um, or a linebacker. Um, Someone that doesn't matter that much. Dexter Lawrence. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 20 million. What a nutter. Um, so the, the next one is, is, is quite a bold headline for this section. It's four simple words. Stop disrespecting Nick Chubb. And you might think I'm on about the running backs don't matter community. And I'm not actually. This is something where I actually want more money for Nick Chubb than lots of Browns fans out there. And the reason why I, t- I take objection for what lots of fans say is, oh, Nick Chubb, he's quiet. He loves Cleveland. He's going to take like a 50% discount to stay in Cleveland. That is disrespect. If you would sat there in the office and you, you put yourself in Andrew Berry's shoes, you're going to call um, Nick Chubb in with his agent and say, hey, Nick, we'd love to keep you around. Quite a quiet guy. We know you love Cleveland. Here's, here's 50% off your market rate. Please, can you sign that? I think he'd be prefer if you just called him into the office and said, we're not going to keep you or just even slapped him. It would probably be politer than going, yeah, come in, sign a 50% discount deal. And I want Nick Chubb to get as much money as he can get and have all of that benefit that he deserves from his play. But I don't want that to be in Cleveland. The people that really wind me up are the ones that say I should take 50%. Um, we obviously, yeah, we saw Kareem Hunt have a cheaper deal that's not because of cream hunts talent that's because of cream hunts kicking off endeavors off the field um which he's paid the price for if that wouldn't have happened he'd have got paid in kansas or he'd have gone somewhere else and got paid um but no please 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 fans and that's partly why i really want to put this article out there stop disrespecting um nick chubb this will go through the money nick chubb's going to get paid if you don't want to pay it that's fine you don't have to pay it Wish him luck as, as you'll be joining me in that club. But stop going, oh, you should take a pittance. He loves Cleveland. Oh, he's, he, he's a top chap, that Nick Chubb. Respect Nick Chubb. He deserves better. 
without a doubt. I mean, would we like every player to take a pay cut and everybody stay together? Yeah. In an ideal world, we keep everybody together and, you know, just keep building on it, keep adding players. But this isn't an ideal world. Like, everybody deserves to go get their money if they can go get it. And Nick Chubb, the what he's done here in his three seasons – He's going to get paid, whether it's by the Cleveland Browns or whether it's by some other NFL team that has the opportunity to get him. Like, yeah, we can all say running backs don't matter. Running backs don't deserve or don't deserve to get the big money. And we've seen recent examples that would argue that. But Nick Chubb is a special back. Like, he's not he's not going to take like six million a year like Kareem Hunt, like Jack said. Kareem Hunt is a special example because he had his mistakes off the field. Nick Chubb has a clean record and he goes on the field and he produces. And like you don't find many running backs that'll just shut up and go play football. And he's one of those guys. He deserves to get his money. And you, you like Jack said, if he goes somewhere else and gets his money, you thank him for his time in Cleveland. You wish him well. And then we continue to build on what we've done already here in Cleveland. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know, I'd love to keep Nick Chubb for 6 million a year, but that's not going to happen at all. Yeah. And it's quite a unique position as well. So where running backs, their careers are basically, if, if, if they have a, a good career in the NFL, it's basically six years of earning real money. And four of those years are obviously on a rookie deal. He's got two years to cash in. So his year five and his year six is where it will make probably over half of the money he makes from his entire NFL career. Even if he has a 10-year career, half of the earnings will come in those two years because that's when he needs to cash in. It's when he needs to make money. Um, yeah, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head that he's earned. Um, 9.3 million he'll earn across his first four years. Um, he'll earn far more than that in those next two years so whether that's here whether it's somewhere else that that's for Andrew Berry and Nick Chubb to decide but he needs to cash in and yeah if, if later in his career he actually goes they were really respectful to me in the front office I've I've gone and signed somewhere and they've let me go after three years I want to continue playing on two million a year that might be the perfect time where he actually comes back and if you leave on good terms, these things can happen in the future. It's not like he's going to be driven out of town. Um, I, I think we've seen from Andrew Berry, he's a really respectful guy. Within one off-season, was polled, I think, in the top three GMs for um, agents, respect, um, which is insane after one off-season. But it just goes to show that sort of relationship that if they're nice and honest with him and go, hey, this is the way we think it works, then... He, he he can come back. And that's something that people might be like, what? So a player could leave and they actually don't take offense to that. And I, I think that's a part about being respectful. Um, so yeah, it, it could be the case that he leaves and he comes back in three, four years time. I, I'd be happy to have him. If he's playing 70% uh, of the player he is now and he's not going to be as good as he was, but two million a year. Yeah, happy. Great. Second running back happy days oh for sure i mean if he turns in his career turns into something like adrian peterson who's still going in his what 13 14 season and he's still you know averaging at least what four yards of carry and he could be a solid number two back that would be great and i would agree with you you know like the free or the relationship that andrew barry has he has to be honest and upfront. you can't like try to play hardball with him much like his predecessor 
uh, Sashi Brown did. You know, as good as Sashi Brown was, was collecting assets and building, you know, the stockpile. He burned some bridges with a lot of people. Mitchell Schwartz, um, Joe Hayden comes to mind, you know, cutting Dante Whitner and Carlos Dansby late in the, you know, when all the free agent suitors were gone. Like, that's not how you handle business. I think you need to be upfront and honest with people and you don't want to burn bridges because if you burn bridges, like it'll come back to bite you in the long run. And unfortunately, it didn't do that with the Cleveland Browns, despite all the dysfunctional dysfunction they've had. But Andrew Barry has been a, done a good job because he's a good communicator. And I think he's upfront and honest with people and doesn't try to play the hardball route that some other GMs have, have done in the past. No, 100%. I think he, he does a good job there. And for however much I love Sashi, it was a bit cheeky. Um, some of the stuff and, and Andrew Berry obviously had the one with Vernon where they went there they kept him on to the last minute and I, I don't think that's going to be something they'll do as a default because at the same time yeah if you start winding agents up then they're like no, don't sign there because that last year they're going to screw you on it um, and then they're less keen to send guys so I think that's more an outlier they'll probably blame a previous regime for the way a deal was done and go look that it's not our deal we're just trying to work with what we've got um, so that's something to keep an eye on but um the big question, obviously, is the headline figure. How much money is he going to get? So we had five major running back deals um, signed in 2020. We're just going to take them in chronological order. Data's all from over the cap. As always, you know, that's the only place to go to get good contract numbers. Um, just to sort of, there's people using Spotrack. Um, stop doing it. Um, it's not good. Someone was talking to me about, like, the, they project contracts for players I've got Larry Ogunjobi getting 9 million a year. It's not realistic. They're just pulling these numbers out of the air. So um, stop, stop using it. Get over to over the cap. Amazing guys. Um, if you're on PFF, they've got some of the cap data there on their sort of free agency sim. So some, some good numbers too. Um, but no, we're just going to work through the deal. So, and you might pick up the deal on over the cap and you look at the numbers and go, oh, that's not exactly how Jack's explaining it. So how we're going through this, and it's the important way to look at a deal, you're going to see some headline numbers that are like, wow, he's got this much over five years, this much over four years. Well, that one must be more than that. In all honesty, it's pretty much nonsense. The way to look at a deal is what's the first time when you can cut a player and make it sort of reasonable? How much new money have they got? And how much dead money is going to be left? So if you've got a signing bonus to split across four years, and he's, it's only actually a two-year deal, and then they can cut it. There's two more years left. Then you work out what that number is for a two-year deal, all the money they're going to get at that stage, any dead cap left, and go, right, he could earn 20 million over two years, and then there's a 10 million option and a 10 million option. And that way you can be like, right, this is what the deal is. Here's where the option years kick in and sort of get a really good idea for how that deal is. So what I've done is I've broken down all these deals, um, and I've explained it all in here. But yeah, if you look at over the cap, it might be a slight variation. So first, we go for the biggest name. This, for me, was the last of the big superstar running back contracts. Obviously, we'd seen Gurley um, in the past. We'd seen Bell. We'd seen David Johnson. And we'd seen uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Christian McCaffrey got the last big one. So he had his last year on his rookie deal, fifth-year option at just under $8.5 million. He signed four new years. So there's four new years where year one and two combined, because it was a two-year deal, 39.9 million. So effectively 40 million. And then in year, new year three, 
He's got a 12 million option. And year four, he's got 12.2 million options. So that's big money. If that's what we're talking about from each other, it's a no, no, no. But luckily, Derek Henry has changed his market. So we, we can almost put that CMC one to bed. But um, it's a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the thing with Christian McCaffrey that like uh, separates him from, you know, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon for even, he does it in the running game as well as the passing game. And I think that's why you see guys like McCaffrey, running backs like McCaffrey get paid more because they do more offensively. They're involved more in the offense, not just as a running back. Now we've seen obviously Nick Chubb involved in the passing game to a degree, but he's more of just a runner like he can be a receiver but not to the effect that what McCaffrey is or another running back that we'll talk about here yeah so um certainly he he, he can do a bit of catching bit screen game um good for betting props um second half of the season but uh no he's uh he's he's not your uh it's not your stud um like a, a McCaffrey um so next name it was the July 15th we saw Derek Henry do a deal so he was already in a unique position compared to all these other five he was uh had been franchise tagged so effectively what they did they went yeah we're going to franchise take you once we're going to franchise take you again that's going to work out i think it was about 23 and a half million across two franchise tags and they went look we'll round it up to 25.5 that's what we'll give you for two years we'll add in some options we'll call it a four-year deal but we're going to give you two franchise tags plus and this is almost, as we'll get onto the next few players, become the new gold standard for running back contracts. So we'll pay you, we'll effectively give you two franchise tags, um, sign this deal, or we'll just franchise tag it twice. And then if, if, if you get an injury in the first year, we won't even give you the second franchise tag. So it almost, the teams have used the franchise tag to bring this salary cap number down for running backs, which is quite a smart way of doing it. Um, and it's fair to both sides. So Henry, rather than the two franchise tags, signed a two-year deal worth 25.5 million with a year three option of 12 million and a year four option of 12.5 million. So similar options on the back end, but 25.5 over the first two years, two new years rather than that 39.9 million for McCaffrey. Yeah, and you know, when this deal went down, you know, I thought this could be like the baseline or like the groundwork for a potential Nick Chubb extension, because I feel like Henry and Chubb are similar players in the ways they run. Henry obviously is a little bit bigger. Uh, He can take the punishment a little bit more. Um, But I thought like this was the perfect example of like what a Nick Chubb contract should look like. Yeah, no, it was, it was naturally where my mind went and it was like, look, everything up to that CMC deal was like, it's never going to happen. People are just kidding themselves if they're talking about a front office paying that money to Nick Chubb. Regardless of how you view Nick Chubb, it, it, CMC money was or Zeke money, any of those guys, it's it's not realistic in a modern NFL. Whereas this one, it got to a stage where it said, I don't think they'd want to do it, but I could see it. Um, and that was sort of a, a big shift because we'd almost taken a third off of that sort of top of the market deal and then suddenly you're in a realistic range where it's suboptimal but it's not stupid like some of these other deals um so next we got on to september the first came around 
uh, start of a new month and uh, a second round pick going into his final year of his deal. Joe Mixon signed a new four-year deal. So his was actually slightly more. It was 27 and a half million total in those first two years and then a 10.1 million option and a 10.4 million option. So almost they've put more money into that start of the deal, um, which is quite unusual, but um, it's, it's still probably makes it more realistic that he's around long term, which it sort of benefits both sides, but they are guaranteeing more money up front rather than putting it late on probably because they're not as best, great a team. They've obviously got a really strong track record of re-signing their own guys. So they're obviously more comfortable with doing it. Um, so no, it, it was an interesting deal, but I almost discard it a little bit just because it sort of goes away from some of these other guys and, We'll touch on another running back that signed that first number like Mixon, but uh, we've got another one that is nearer the Henry deal. Yeah, Mixon, you know, Cincinnati's obviously not a free agent destination. They, have, they haven't been. Uh, like you said, they are good at re-signing their own guys. My only thing with this was he's had two seasons where he has, well, no, just this past season, he had an injury-plagued year. He missed 10 games. So, I wonder if Cincinnati has second thoughts now, but he is a good playmaker for them on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they are losing AJ Green, so they could go cheaper at wide receiver, which makes this extension a bit more feasible. And and the fact that Joe Burrow's on his rookie contract. So Mixon's been a good player. He's been a model citizen since this incident at Oklahoma. I don't remember any, you know, off the field issues he's had since he's been to Cincinnati. So good playmaker. It's just if the injuries are going to start piling up, is this contract going to look bad for them in the long run? Yeah, they've got some pre-game, uh, per-game roster bonuses, but we'll get to. But um, no, it's only a little bit of protection against, yeah, obviously the big downside. I think they've gone, look, we've saved all this money on a quarterback. We're going to give it all to Joe Mixon, which personally, obviously, I, I would throw that money at an O-line and uh, wide receivers, especially with their O-line. But um, there, there's, it, it's, it's, a realistic strategy as we've seen across the league of save money on a QB, put it into your running back. Um, yeah, personally, I would spend all of that money on as much O-line help as you can get because uh, Joe Burrow is going to get murdered otherwise. So next one, we, we almost changed the structure. So we've had um, four deals with four new year, uh, three deals with four new years added. And then we saw a change with this one. So Dalvin Cook got paid on the 12th of September. It was a busy old day for running backs, as we'll get to next. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Cook before Kamara, but it could have been the other way around. I was trying to find some date stamp tweets from uh, Ian Rappaport to see which one he broke first. But we're going to go with Cook first. Um, so he was a second-round pick as well. He added five New Years to his deal. So across the first two, we've got 25.5, um, sorry, 25.1 million. Um, of money and then we've got year three is an 11 million option year four is a 12.5 million option and year five is a bit bold here as 14 and a half million option um, probably there as we'll get on to Kamara just to make the agent sound good um, but no it's it's saw that sort of extra fifth year added um, which doesn't really make any difference because most of these players are going to get cut after two years why not add a fifth year on um Happy, happy. Agents like it. Media loves it. Um, it just feeds into an exciting narrative. 
Yeah, that, you know, this steal, I think, is was now starting to look like a steal for Minnesota just because um, he's starting to do more in terms of the receiving game. Like this, this last two years, he had six, almost 1,700 uh, yards from scrimmage in 2019. And then this year he had almost 2,000 with 17 total touchdowns. Like Cook is starting to elevate his game and he's kind of – he's sneaking up into that range with uh, – Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara, where he can be useful in all terms um, of the offense. So when you're looking at the dollar figure, you would think he would have asked for more money, but, you know, looking in a couple of years, if he's still healthy and producing like year four, making 12 and a half million, and he's still putting up close to 2000 yards from scrimmage, it's going to look like a steal in terms of running back. Yeah, no, it's it. Dalvin Cook's profile is why I thought, we'd actually end up seeing more of Kareem Hunt than Nick Chubb in this offense. Um, just because obviously Stefanski used it to his advantage. 25% of like the targets were going to running backs. Um, eight, uh, two, two seasons ago, it was a season ago. Um, however, however you view it, the uh, 2019 season um, when Stefanski is final year in Minnesota. Um, but no, it's, it's an interesting one to watch sort of that dynamic, but yeah, Dalvin Cook, um, if you had him in Dynasty, it was tough to keep hold of him. Oh, yawning. Uh, it was tough to keep hold of him after the sort of injuries and the sort of, hey, let's, let's get Alexander Madison. He looks like the real deal. Uh, sort of a lot of upside there. And then Dalvin Cook comes back with a stormer last year. Also on the 12th of September, we saw another deal done. We saw Alvin Kamara get paid. This one's obviously nuts because we know what the... Uh, salary cap is like for the uh new orleans saints so when he got a deal it almost i was laughing um it just felt the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen but they've done it um and he's got a across his first two years which this was the one that shocked me because whereas the other three guys are good they're not sort of seen in that same breadth of the cmc's and other guys um, so it was like, is it going to be much bigger? And it was only 27.2 across those first two years. Got 11 million in the third year, 11.8 in the fourth year. So pretty much similar to the rest. And then you've got this crazy number um, of 25 million option in year five. And so when the numbers first came out, it was reported 75 million over five years. And everyone's like, what? No way. He's, he's getting all this money and it's incredible. Um, and that's why I always say when these deals come out, whoa, chill, chill. Let's see what it looks like because that headline number looked insane. It looked like he got CMC money. It was like, wow. And then when the deal actually comes out, it's farcical. Um, when you start taking that out, and even if you called it, say, a four-year deal, um, it's suddenly a four, 50 million over four years. Sounds just reasonable. It's what Derek Henry got. You add that 25 million on it, and it, it sounds magical. But it's the sort of thing that teams do do because agents love it because they can sell it in the media. Oh, I'm doing a great job. They can use it to reach out to players and be like, oh, he's now the he's the highest paid running back on a five-year deal. You've got two ex exceptions to him. You've got Peterson and you've got Zeke, but that was both six-year deals. Um, so he can really hype it up and hopefully attract more clients. So it's one to keep in mind that, they might go that way because if, if they're looking for a realistic deal with Nick Chubb, they could go, hey, we'll, we'll butter it up on the back end and the agent will go, yeah, I know it doesn't mean much, but it's a nice touch that 
I, I can send to the media. Yeah, that's amazing. I never even had seen the details of the contract and didn't realize that there is a $25 million option for that fourth, for that fifth year. Like that's insane. Like uh, Kamara is great though. I mean, it's like he, he should make more. He should be right there with McCaffrey in terms of the money, just because of what he does offensively. But I mean, this is a good friendly deal for a team that's in cap hell. So I mean, obviously they're going to have to, you know, reconfigure their offense, especially at the QB position, but they have two foundational pieces with Kamara and Michael Thomas. Granted, they both stay healthy, but, you know, they can go obviously cheap with a quarterback on a either very friendly deal. Jameis Winston comes to mind or they go and draft a quarterback and he could be on a, a very friendly rookie contract and they still have those two uh, offensive foundational pieces. So uh, very good value, I would say, except for obviously that last year. But like you said, they did that to, you know, so the agent can take a victory lap around the uh, media world. Yeah. So um, no, it's certainly something to uh, look at. Obviously I, I would say all these deals are expensive, but in terms of the running back market, the the step from CMC to Kamara is, is, is striking for, it's still that same year. It's not like we're talking two years down the line, something's changed. And I, I think Derek Henry and what the Titans did ha has a strong foundation on not only um, the way the market goes, but also I think has a lot of impact on more running backs probably getting paid because it won't look like a, pff, that's a lot of money and where people are probably going, let's just not pay the guys. So it's sort of reset a new market where, yeah, two franchise tags and a little bit is basically where it's at. So if we look at, firstly, let's just look at the dollar value. Um, it's the first most important part. Um, I'm predicting, I'm almost going to throw that McCaffrey and Kamara deal out. Mixon's just a bit weird. We look at Henry and Cooks. Henry got 25 and a half in the first two years. Dalvin Cook got 25.1. I'm going to say it's somewhere in that 25.5 to 26 million in the first two years. I'm going to use 26 just because it's later. You sign a year later, the deal will slightly go up. So I think 26 million, two years is sort of that, that starting base before we get into the options. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Like he is one of the top running backs. If they do do a deal, uh, looking at somewhere, you know, in that 25 and a half million to $26 million deal, a two-year deal, essentially, I think that's perfect. Like he... Should be right out there. I mean, when you look at the top running back. So uh, that's a fair number, I think, for, you know, of what the Browns could do and what Chubb could do for them. Yeah, and I think that's a key word and what we're trying to get to for this piece. It's, it's what is fair. Um, obviously, you can decide, hey, we don't want to pay that fair market price. Um, but it, it's, it's not kidding ourselves of, Oh yeah, he's going to take 16 million across the two years because he loves Cleveland. Um, it's what is fair. Um, where is that price? Obviously, Fandry Berry works a little bit of magic. Gets one million off that, two million off that. It's great work by him. We're not talking about it's 12, it's 14, it's 16 million over two years. Um, yeah, we could see shock horror. They get one or two off it, um, but I don't. I don't think it's something that is. Uh, going to be the case i think 26 million two years really nice um in terms of where we see the market and then the next one we're looking at sort of structure of the contract per game roster bonuses so 
I think this will appear in the first new year. So not in this fourth year um, that he's going to be playing on, that will still be there. We're talking any new years in the deal. Um, 500,000 each of these new years. So whether it's four or five new years, is something we saw in both Mixon and Cook's deal. Um, and then we saw it in the third year of Kamara's. Obviously, there's injury concerns with Mixon and Cook, but I think that's something where the Browns will be quite sort of smart and look, hey, these guys have got it. We want you to have it. He's not given up too much money. He's given up sort of a million, basically, because it's a two-year deal. So even though, say, there's five years, it's two and a half million in these incentives, um, it's actually only a million because we're looking at this as a two-year deal. So, yeah, I don't think he really cares. If if, if he misses half the season each of the two years and ends up costing him half a million, the fact that he's got 25 and a half million rather than 26, I don't think he'll be upset. No, not at all. And I think it's actually a good deal for on the Browns end because Chubb has, you know, he missed some games this year because of injury. Uh, running backs, you know, once the injuries start, they don't seem to stop with those guys. So I think it would be a fair bet on him, you know, to want to work harder to make sure he stays healthy. And on the Browns to be like, hey, if, you know, he gets hurt, you know, that saves us some money. So I feel like it's a fair thing for both sides. Yeah, and the the other bit that's in quite a few deals is the workout bonus. So this is something just to make sure they come to camp. Um, we've got Mixon McCaffrey, which is two hundred thousand in each of the new years of the deal. Um, Cooks is a hundred thousand, and then you've got Kamara's, which is a hundred thousand, but only appears in year three, year four, year five of the new deal. Um, so that's something that I think they'll probably go with again and go, hey, it's two hundred thousand across the four or five years. Um, each year and why wouldn't you sign it he's probably planning to turn up and if he doesn't and he goes ah, I really really don't want to turn up this year it's 200,000 it's not it's a lot of money but <laughs> across a 26 million deal 200,000 if you don't want to be there for some reason he's not going to cry over it for sure and you know we talked about how much of a professional he is he'll show up even if it's for a day, show up, they give him that money, he moves on. I mean, that's, but I don't think Chubb would be like that, but I mean, it's a nice incentive. Yeah. And then where, where's Chubb's deal now? So the thing before we tack on New Year's on the back end um, and deal. So he's obviously done his first three years. He's got his fourth year. Um, it's 26. There's 4.25 million effectively left. Um, 862,000 of that is signing bonus, um, money split still in his deal, and then a base salary of just under 3.4 million. Um, so that's where his contract is now. That will all be turned into guarantees in a new deal. So, oh, sorry guys. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't bother with editing, so that that's going to stay in there. Um, I've, I've been up working all night on this uh, Nick Chubb deal, so that's why I'm tired. So uh, his agent will hopefully thank me. Um, where we've got that sort of 4.25 million, that'll all be counted as guarantees in the new deal, um, even though it's old money. So you'll see almost this sort of 26 million that we've said we're going to give him in the first two years added to the uh, 
4.25 is already there and that'll make up sort of the guarantee so um when he's like oh yeah i'm guaranteed um, what's that going to be 26 plus 4 so 30.5 minus say the 2 2 million minus the 20,000 no, sorry minus the 1.4 million that we've spoke about in those incentives so he could be looking at yeah what's that 29 million guaranteed overall it's, it's not a bad place to be no not at all um so how how could it look we're going to go very similar structures because let's be honest with lots of these contracts no one ends up reinventing the wheel they go with what's already out there and they tweak it. Um, the one exception I think the Browns might take compared to all these deals is adding in an option bonus. And basically, the option bonus is it's like a second signing bonus. So I'll get the first signing bonus that will split over the first five years. And then he'll get another signing bonus in a year's time that will split over the next five years from then. And all that's about, it's all fully guaranteed at time of signing. It's just pushing more money into the future. Just by pushing that money into the future, it gives them a little bit of extra wiggle room while the um, COVID cap is going on, just because you never know what's going to happen. So if they can push a little bit of money further on, it's worth doing. I'm going to say, we've said it's 26 million. I'm going to go with it's a five-year deal. Um, the reason for that is, I think they look at like McCaffrey, and sorry, Kamara, they look at... Um, cook and they go we want it to wow so if we say we've already got the 26 over the first two years of sort of guaranteed money if we say they're aiming for a 65 million over five year deal that makes it bigger than christian mccaffrey in terms of the 65 million even though it's a four-year deal it's bigger than the cook's deal which was 63 million so the agent can go out and sell it and go look out of all the modern deals only kamara's is bigger than this which is farcical <laughs> 75 um there's no reason they can just bang 11 more million onto the end and go oh it's a it's a 76 million deal and there's that ridiculous fi uh fifth year in a deal which they might do but i think they'll be a bit more sensible than that so i'm going to say 65 million over five is what your headline number will probably read with per game roster bonuses of 50 500,000 workout bonuses of 200,000 in each of the five new years it seems completely fair. I mean, the way it's broken down, I mean, it looks a lot better than the seven year, like a hundred million dollar deal I gave him on Madden, which I think you, uh, you had a stroke when I sent you that picture. <laughs> the one but this seems like completely fair when you look at it compared to all the other running backs. I mean, I'll say he'd be the top paid running back behind Kamara essentially uh, and Zeke of course which Zeke's contract is ridiculous especially considering what he's done since but it's more than fair for both sides you know Chubb gets paid like he's one of the top running backs which he is and uh you know the Browns effectively lock in another offensive cornerstone regardless of how you feel about it but yeah it just it's fair for both sides yeah and if you're thinking hey I, I want to visualize what these two guys are chatting about on the podcast jump over to the dogland um, dot com or dog dot land um, and all, all of it's there the tables there you can see what it looks like um, so it's a five-year deal 65 million in new money we've done a 10 million signing bonus and 8 million option bonus and then I've got it as the the entire 2023 base salary becomes 
guaranteed on the 20th of March um, 2023, which is, I think, what would be in the contract as a clause. Um, so we've discussed this all before as that sort of what is the two years, how's the options work. So what these options would be is uh, one and two years of the new deal. So not this coming season. It would be the, the 2022 and 2023 season would be 26 million, which is what we're aiming for. Year three is 11 million. Year four is 12 million option. And then that year five is the 16 million option. Obviously, that they could be more sensible. And I would have said that's probably 12 and a half. But the reason why we rounded it up to 16 is to make sure we're comfortably ahead of that Cook deal because then he can look good when he's chatting to his agent and say, look, the only five-year deal running back's got that's more than this is Kamara. People are going to be like, obviously, he's bigger paid than Cooks. He's bigger paid than X, Y, Z. So it's something that he can effectively go and sell that. And and I think those are really realistic numbers. Um, If you're going to do a deal, that's an if. Um, 26 million over two years with 11 and 12 as options. There's no way he'll ever make that five years. It's probably just a two-year deal and done. But it's all then based on health and uh, where else they want to spend the money within the team. Yeah, without a doubt. I think, like I said, this is a fair deal. If it was constructed this way, the option years are perfect because essentially, you know, we get six years of Nick Chubb, which could be obviously could be his prime years. And, you know, then if he keeps producing and, you know, he elevates his game even more, gets better in the passing game, then maybe you keep him at those option years, especially year five. If he gets to year five and is still, you know, putting up, you know, between 1,500 and 1,700 yards from scrimmage and is still producing, then, you know, that $16 million might look like a bargain in five years because, you know, the next Christian McCaffrey could come along and be making 22, $25 million, which would be insane for a running back. But, you know, with the elevating cap, contracts are going to go up. And if there's these special backs like a McCaffrey, like a Kamara, and teams are going to pay them, you know, that $16 million in 2026 could look like a bargain for Nick Chubb potentially. So I like it. I like the way it's constructed. Jack, you always do a fantastic job with these. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they get an extension done, how close it is. Because, you know, you did the one for – uh, Miles Garrett last year, it was fairly close. Uh, we'll see if the Baker one comes to fruition that you also did over at the Dogland, and then we'll see how this one turns out. No, no, we, we hope the Baker <laughs> one comes to tu- fruition. I don't want this one to happen. No, no, no. So we've spent some time talking about how uh, this is what the deal would look like, and uh, it, it's out there so you guys can look at it and go, Yeah, I, I want that, I don't want that. Um, Basically, I'm now going to get into why it's a bad idea. Um, they've already built a succession plan at a running back. Um, so, yeah, if, if you don't want to hear why you don't pay running backs, just stop the podcast now and be like, yeah, that was a great podcast. Um, if you want to learn more, I've got you in two minutes. So uh, you've already got um, Kareem Hunt that's set to be the 11th highest paid running back next year. So if you're paying Nick Chubb, you, it wouldn't surprise me if you get rid of Kareem Hunt this offseason um, just to sort of make way for that um, because yeah two of the top 12 highest paid running backs in the same um, backfield it's not sustainable or a good idea especially when you, you've got a reduced cap and less money um, you have also got Baker Mayfield Miles Garrett getting paid we've written about this earlier in the offseason so that's something to be concerned about the succession plan is beautifully done already next season Chubb and Hunt 
season after Hunt and draft pick, and 2023 replaced Hunt with another draft pick. So you've got two draft picks. Go back to being cheap. Um, I'm not opposed, this might sound weird, of always having a veteran in the running back room. But the way I would do that is I would effectively become the rehoming organization for orphaned running backs. Um, so basically like a pet sanctuary, but for running backs. Um, and they're always out there every single year because so many running backs get signed to bad deals. They do these first two years and then they get cut because, or Gurley didn't even make the first new year of his deal and got cut, but effectively you'd expect them to make two years and then get cut. And so what happens then, they go and have rebound here where you've got Bell, you've got Gurley, um, you've got Fournette. They sign these deals about 2 million really cheap and you're getting you're getting a good back even though they're not the back they were when they sort of got that extension and everyone was really excited about them they're, they're still above average and you're getting them for cheap so you sign them for these one year two million you then show that they're a good back they're part of a backfield rather than being the sort of they're, they're going to play 90 percent of snaps they're, they're down playing about 50 they look a lot better and then they get signed back to sort of a five-year deal, a sort of five million a year, six million a year deal. Um, the next offseason, you, you get sort of a sixth-round comp pick. So you, you've taken a guy on, got him for two million rather than 12 million, and then you let him go. And I think that's something really interesting that I wouldn't mind the Browns exploring and being basically, you'd see places called, oh, we're DBU, we're this you. Um, everyone's got something. I wouldn't mind being running back you, um, basically the Juco College of uh, NFL running backs. And there's names going to be popping out there over the next two years. You've got Henry, you've got Kamari, you've got McCaffrey, you've got Elliott, you've got um, David Johnson, you've got Joe Mixon, you've got Dalvin Cook, potentially you've got Nick Chubb. In the next three to four years, all of those guys could be available two to three million a year. Um, and we're only talking one year, so you're not committing to any of them long term. I don't mind that as a strategy of having, hey, we'll have a couple of draft picks and we'll have, a, I'll go far as saying a stud sort of veteran. Um, then they might be 75% of what they were, but it's, it's still going to be really, really good. So I, I think that's something really interesting to explore. Um, you can always guarantee there's going to be at least one of them out there. And if you're seen as that place, let's go there, rehabilitate, and then go again. It, it, it attracts more to come because they can see, hey, why do you want to go there? Because last time someone went there, they, they signed a $5 million deal the year after. Yeah, I don't mind taking a, a $2 million deal because I'm going to sign a three-year $15 million deal afterwards. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're... Like your theory about the veteran running backs, I mean, it's not far fetched. I mean, you look, Tampa Bay's got Ronald Jones, solid young running back. Then they got Shady McCoy and uh, Leonard Fournette on cheap, like one year deals. You go to Detroit, they drafted a couple running backs. They brought in Adrian Peterson on a one year, $1 million contract. So if the Browns, you know, move on from Chubb and move on from Hunt and they go, they draft a couple running backs. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Like in a couple of years, maybe Stefanski gets Dalvin Cook on a one-year deal. Granted, if Kevin Stefanski is here, we hope he is. Um, he gets Dalvin Cook. He's familiar with the scheme. He could be productive on a one-year contract. And then we let him go, get a comp pick, and find another veteran. You know, bring Nick Chubb back or find another running back that fits the zone scheme, like a Raheem Moser, for instance. So if we look at the sort of three – Big name running backs that have got cut 
this offseason and sign with other teams. If we look at the two cheapest ones, what are they doing this weekend? They're playing in the Super Bowl. Playing in the Super Bowl. So you, you can get really good production and you can build a good team. The, these teams are going cheap at running back because they can. And the quarterback, the offensive line are elevating the talent around them. And also the, the head coach. Don't forget, it's a, those are sort of the three biggest things. Almost more impactful than the actual running back themselves. If you've got a great O-line, you've got a great quarterback because that's going to push the defense back. They're more interested in defending the pass, clearing out the box, and as well a head coach and a scheme. Um, and, and I think we have all three of them that we can bring in someone else. So, um, no, it, it's an interesting one. It, it, it's very much a theory. Um, it probably wouldn't last long because two, three years of sort of all the veteran running backs wanting to come to you when they get cut either teams start paying them a lot less money or loads of other teams are like, oh, well, I want to do this as well. So, um, no, it, it, it's one that give it a go and then see what happens. But I'm, I'm not opposed to veterans. There's just a smart way to add them. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, hope you enjoy the article. There's loads of other stuff, obviously, on the Dogland. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with the Interior O-Line um, show on Friday. But um, no, Plug yourself, Jack. Where can people find you on Twitter? Obviously, dogland.com, dog.land. It all take you to the same place. Dogland podcast. Um, but no, set, give everyone your details. Uh, just uh, on Twitter, I'm at Jack McCurry 08. Uh, like he mentioned, you know, the dogland.com, dog.land. Uh, we're at the dogland on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and obviously the podcast as well. Uh, Jack, we appreciate everything you're doing uh, with with this article, with all the articles you've written for us over the last year. Uh, looking forward to working with you well into the future as well. And uh, once again, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I, I think we've got to work out what the next one is. Is it going to be Wyatt Teller or is it going to be Denzel Ward? Um, I do. What, what does the deal look like? That, that can be a job for you guys who are listening. You decide which one I'm doing next. And uh, next week, I'll start to work on uh, one of them. Um, they're, they're both slightly tougher because... They're not sort of tier one guys. Um, they're sort of tier two, um, which it makes it tough to predict. But we'll put in some variations and sort of see what happens. So, uh, no, you guys tweet me or DMs. DMs are always open. Uh, Jack Duffin, um, D-U-F-F-I-N. And you let me know, White Teller or Dental Ward. I'll do them both. What one should I start with next week? But as always, go Browns. Go Browns. Oh, it's a ching, it's a ching, oh, yeah. Bling, bling, I wanna make a